Lord for the good service already. God's truly been good, and we thank the Lord for His blessing upon us as a church family. Before we get into our message today, we have a special uh, opportunity once again to bring one of our little ones before the Lord. This is the first day, the first Sunday morning, the first church service that Canaan John Evans has been able to be in, 13 days old. We thank God for him already. We thank God for his family. We'll have the family to come up and we're going to dedicate this child to the Lord. We're going to ask God's blessing upon him and his family. Anyway, we're going to ask God's blessing here and again continue to pray for this family. The Lord will continue to bless. May the Lord truly be with them in a special way. As they dedicate their son to the Lord, we ask God's blessing upon us. We pray that the Lord will continue to watch over him throughout all of his days. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before you from we thank you for the day that you've given us. Thank you, dear God, once again for the opportunity to bring one of the children. In your very presence, Lord, as Dalton and Kendra dedicate this son there to the Lord. Father, we pray that you will bless him all of his days. Lord, that you would save him at an early age, that he may give you glory and honor throughout all the days that you give him. Lord, we know that our days are numbered. You hold our days as if the breath of thy hand. Father, we pray that his life will be dedicated to the Lord. His service will be to thee. Lord, I pray that you'll watch over him throughout all the days of his life, that you will protect and care for him. You will guide his life. You will direct him in everything that he does. I pray for mom and dad, Lord, that you bless them. Lord, I pray that they'll continue to rear their children in the house of God under the word of God. Lord, that even in their home, Jesus Christ will be preeminent. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We ask again for your continued blessings upon you. Forgive us, Lord, our sin. In Jesus Christ's name. And what a blessing it is to bring our little ones before the throne of grace. We always have that wonderful, wonderful joy that we can we can do those things. God has told us. Matter of fact, I believe in the book of Deuteronomy, it teaches us to dedicate our children to the Lord and ask God's continual blessing upon them. If you would, I'd like for you to turn your Bibles today to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah in chapter 57. You know, we've just come through a great week, had a great time in hearing the preaching of God's Word. Many of our people have been touched with that Word, have been blessed. And we're praying that even not only the week that we went through was, was just mind intriguing, but I'm praying that in the weeks and months to come, we may truly see what revival is. You know, it's one thing to have a meeting and call a meeting, but it's a completely different thing to truly be revived 
by the power of God. And I pray that our church family will truly be engulfed in God's blessings. I pray that in the days to come you may know that God has been in your family. God has been in your camp. And you'll see the continual blessings of the Almighty. While you're turning to the book of Isaiah, we do want to welcome our radio audience. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church in Old Town. It's just a side of Greenham County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We have a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house known as Emmanuel. And we pray that God will bless His Word today. We thank you for tuning in to WGOH. Hear a portion of God's Word. Today, the Word primarily is going to be to the church, to the people of God, to we that have been going through this series of, of meetings, praying for revival, praying that God will move upon this congregation as a whole, that, that what happens in our homes, what happens in this house will happen in our homes as well. That our homes may be absolutely engulfed with the blessings of Almighty God. You know, before we leave each and every service, I ask God's blessing upon you. I ask the Lord's face to shine upon your family and that His smile will go with you. Folks, I want you to know today that is a true prayer and it's one that is sent knowing that God is able. You know, in our, in our week that we just came through, we've heard a, a, a tremendous amount of wonderful preaching. We thank God for every man that came this way. I believe that every man that came this way came with a prayer on his heart. And the word of God upon his lips. Praying that God's people will receive his word. That God's people will take the word. Make it effective in their hearts. By their worship and by the change in attitude. Uh, toward the house of God even. So in Isaiah 57 and verse 14 down through the remainder of the chapter. Verse 21. We... Look at something that I know is its actually going to be a blessing to God's people if we really take it into heart. The Bible says, "In shall say, cast ye up, cast ye up, prepare the way, take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. For I will not contend forever, neither will I be always wroth. For the Spirit should fail before me, and the souls which I have made. For the iniquity of his covetousness was I wroth, and smote him. I hid him, and was wroth. And he went on frowardly in the way of his heart. I have seen his ways, and will heal him. I will lead him also, and restore comforts unto him, and to his mourners. I create the fruit of the lips. 
peace, peace to him that is afar off and to him that is near, saith the Lord. And I will heal him. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. I want to bring a message this morning simply entitled, Whom are the Revived? Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, once again as we bow in Your presence, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank You, dear God, for the day which You have given us. We thank You for the great meeting we just came through. Lord, how Your Word blessed the hearts of Thy people. For those who are who struggled to even be able to be in the house of God, but yet, Lord, You bless them to be able to do so. Father, I pray that You will open up the windows of heaven upon this house this morning. Lord, I pray for this little country church that You would bless her. You would touch and anoint her. Lord, I pray that the ears of Thy people will be open and attentive today. I pray that their hearts... I pray that our hearts truly will be touched with Thy presence. Father, we're praying for the salvation of lost souls around us. We're praying for a renewal of the love and the compassion that we as Thy people should have. Father, bless our day. Bless our time of, of gathering to worship. This last day of what I will contend to be a great meeting. Lord, I pray your blessings upon it. Forgive us, Lord, our sin. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, what a tremendous week we have just encountered. Great fellowship among our church family, great praise and worship. Great preaching of God's holy word. Surely we as a people can declare that God has been in this place and in this house of worship. Surely we can conclude that God has touched our hearts with His word. Surely we can say the participation of our body as a whole has been encouraging even though difficult situations have sprung up among some of our own church family. There have been those who have, been, who have encountered sickness, untimely surgeries, death, and work-related hardships have tried to hamper and dampen our time of refreshing. But through it all, God has come down to visit this little country church and bless its inhabitants. Praise God for His nearness. Amen. Praise God for His nearness to those who desired that new refreshing. That overwhelming feeling of a nearness to God. But just in case you missed it, who are the revived? First of all, it's those who have taken up the stumbling blocks. 
In Isaiah 57 and 14, the Bible says, And shall say, Cast ye up, cast ye up, and prepare the way, take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. This, dear church family, is the reason that many of you today have been refreshed in the Almighty. Oftentimes, little by little, we slip off into a state of religious depression. And we find ourselves in a state of stalemate. You know, I've often heard that word brought out and I thought, I'm just going to look it up and see exactly what it means. It's a situation with no potential winners, what stalemate is. You know, a lot of times I believe God's people find themselves in that place. Where they feel like, what's the use to go on? Why is the reason for all that we do? What is the reason that we struggle so often? But I'll have you to remember that in the art of real worship and drawing close to God, if we remain in a state of despair, the devil has already won the victory. If God's people remain in a state of, of disillusionment, God has told you from His Word that if we stay in such a condition, actually the devil has already won. You know, it is sad and it's, it's not hard to see. We see it all the time. We see this what I call this disillusionment with what the world terms as religion. We hear Brother Mark's, Brother Todd the other night as he's opened up at his Monday night service as he talked about having a, a, a repairman to come to the house. He had to have a plumber. And the plumber came in and of course Brother Todd just like any other any other man of God, he opens up his mouth and begins to expound unto him the truth of the gospel. And they ask him about, first of all, about where he went to church. And, uh, and of course, the man, he began to make every excuse in the world why he didn't go to church. And finally, it come right down to it. I just don't like today's religion. But you know what? Real salvation goes far beyond religion. Amen? Real salvation goes beyond religion and it causes people to, to feel God in their presence. Real salvation makes a difference. Therefore, we are to fulfill what Isaiah 57, 14 is indicating here to the best of our ability. In order for God's people to be revived, there's things that have to be removed out of our lives. Things that need to, to come to a stop when, it, when we think about, uh, do you really want to draw closer to the Lord or not? Listen, those things are in your hands. You know, I've often heard people say, revival's all up to the Lord, but actually God puts a key to revival with His people. The key to revival is God's people drawing closer to the Lord. Then, He says, I will bless their land. Folks, I want you to know something. When you go to 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, you see exactly what this, this Scripture is really revealing unto us. 
In 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, if you will turn there with me, I want you to notice again what is being said here. 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. I know you've heard this, this message, this very text many times. As a matter of fact, we used this text this past Sunday. And we're going to use it again today because I want you to be blessed. I want this Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church, I'm not just talking as a whole, I want to see every member blessed by God. I want to see your families blessed. I want to see, I want to see God do a work in your families that, that you cannot explain away. You know, a lot of times in life we try to explain away things that happen and, and we try to make excuses for things that, that don't happen. But listen, God says there's a way to be blessed and there's only one way to be blessed. We've got to prepare the way, amen? We've got to cast away those things that are hampering us from being blessed by God. The Bible says here in verse 14 of 2 Chronicles 7, If my people... Who's He talking to? He's talking to the redeemed, folks. He's talking to you. If you're saved by the grace of God, you're a member of this body. Listen, God's speaking to you today. God is opening up your heart and mind even now. As I read these words, God is speaking to your ears. Listen, if you're saved, you cannot help but hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. You see, that's what we're doing here today. We're opening up God's Word and the Spirit is speaking to us through His Word. And that's how we understand what God wants out of our lives. He says, If my people which are called by my name shall do what? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. You know what all that is? Every bit of that is clearing out the pathway. You know, in a lot of lives, our paths become sometimes muddled with, with too much rubbish. As we see in Nehemiah's days, the people, the people began to get down in the dumps. They began to get weary. And they looked at the man of God and they said, there's too much rubbish. <clears throat> Folks, I want you to know something. That is a very fact in too many lives today. There's too much rubbish that's stopping you from serving the Lord. You know, our, our sole employment should be to praise the Almighty God, to lift up His name, to serve Him in spirit and in truth. And the only way to do that is to make sure we've cleared the way. Clear the pathway. Take the stumbling blocks out of the way of my people, says Isaiah. Listen, what's the first obstacle to our own refreshing we need to turn from our wicked ways. You say, well, preacher, who are you calling wicked? Well, I'll be honest with you, even the greatest man upon the earth today in the eyes of God is still a wicked man. He's still, as, as, the, as Isaiah says, I, I'm a man of unclean lips amongst a people with unclean lips. Folks, I want you to know something today. That one of the first things that we're going to have to deal with in life is the fact that we've got to make ourselves ready for receiving revival. 
First Thessalonians in chapter 5, you say, well, how can we receive these things that you're speaking of? Listen, go to First Thessalonians in chapter 5 for just a moment and notice what it says in verse 4 down through the rest of the text. The Bible says, but ye, brethren, are not in darkness. So who's he talking to? He's talking to the redeemed. He's talking to those that are saved by God's amazing grace. He's talking to the Emmanuel Mystery Baptist Church today. And he's saying, listen, you're not in darkness. So many of the world today are filled, filled up to the brim with darkness. So many churches today, today don't even realize that the Holy Spirit is not even in their presence. And folks, when you have that place, when you're in a place where the candlestick has been removed, you're meeting for naught. God's not going to bless in a church like that. You know, we can see great things in the in the worldly standard. We can see great things begin to happen in a church, but God may not be in it. We can see a great stirring of emotion a lot of times, but God is not in it. We can see people uh, get stirred up and, and, and shout and sing and cry and do all those things, but God is not in it if the Holy Spirit is not there. A lot of times men get worked up, don't they? A lot of times men know what to say behind the pulpit to get people uh, worked up. But listen, I want you to know today, it's not my words I want you to get worked up about, but it's the Almighty's Word that I want you to get worked up about today. God's voice breathed upon paper. Listen, God's voice as it was as it was declared to men of old, as as the Holy Spirit began to work in them. Listen to me. That's what it is to be blessed by God. The Bible goes on to say, But ye brethren are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light. And the children of the day, we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. You know what that word sober means? That means to be level-headed. Listen, God's people are to, to know that what's going on. You're to realize that this day is growing short and your loved ones that are not saved by the grace of God yet, listen, they're standing on the brink of disaster. They're right on the, on the edge of woe. And listen, so many people today shrug it off as it is nothing. You say, well, I care for mine. How much do you care for them? Have you given them the gospel? Have you told them about Jesus? Have you told them about the way of escape? Yes, it is a sad state of affairs when God's people look at their children, maybe their grandchildren, maybe their loved ones, maybe it's a husband, maybe it's a wife, maybe it's, maybe it's a son or a daughter, and they look at them, and like Brother Jeremy said, they go on without saying anything to them. Folks, I want you to know something. It's time for God's people to clear out the way. Amen? It's time for God's people to clear out the way, to get the path cleared out. The Bible states in verse 7, For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, 
putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet of hope for, of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Wherefore, comfort, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as you also do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them that labor among you and over you in the Lord and admonish you, and esteem them very highly in love for the work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, to warn them that are unruly. You know what? This is, again, another, another thing that too many people, they just pat people on the back and say, well, they're going to be all right. Listen, the Bible says to warn them. You know why? Because doom is awaiting outside the door. If you're saved by the grace of God, we need to warn you that, listen, the Bema seat of Christ is just beyond our last breath. Amen. And that should get a hold of your hearts. You that are saved by God's amazing grace, listen, you need to know that one day we're going to stand and give an account for the, for the life that we lived here. The Bible says whether it be good or whether it be bad. We're going to stand one day before the Almighty of Heaven and listen, everything that we have done, every act that we have committed, God, the Almighty sin, God has seen it all. Folks, I want you to know something. We've got to clear out the pathway. You know what? You've got to keep a short account with God. That's what I'm saying. There shouldn't be a day that goes by that you don't look to the heavens and pray, God, forgive me, for I know that I have sinned. You know why I know that? Because I'm breathing God's green or, or fresh air. Listen, I want you to know something. I know that I'm a sinner. There's not a day goes by that I don't have to plead with God, please forgive me. There's not a day that goes by that I don't ask God to remove something out of my life. You know why? Because I want to be I want to be more like Christ. And you know what? I'm not there. I'm a long way from it, folks. I know that. If you would be honest with yourself, you're just as far away as I am. Folks, I want you to know something. There's we got to clear the path. You want to be blessed of God. You want to you want to see God do a, a mighty work in this this meeting that we just went through. It is yet to be told exactly how well revived you have been. How much closer you are to God today than you were yesterday or last week or last Sunday. You remember when we started this, this meeting last Sunday morning, that's the way I like to look at it. I believe we go from Sunday to Sunday. You got ten services there in that ten straight days where we or ten straight services where we praise God and worship Him and we see ourselves the way God sees us and it should change us. Have you cleared out the path? Have you cleared the pathway? Listen, I believe that God tells us in verse 22, you want to see, you want to see your life blessed. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Regardless of what fashion it is, regardless of what shape it's in, regardless of the sight that you see, listen, we need to keep ourselves from sin. That's clearing out the pathway. 
That's doing what we need to do. That word, that word abstain in the Greek, it means to refrain. It means to keep oneself from. It means to exercise self-restraint. We need to remove or cast ye up every root of bitterness. Then He will heal our land. You know, you can go to Colossians in chapter 3 and read verse 5 down through verse 24 and there you see everything that we need to get rid of. You know, a lot of people, they, everybody wants to complain. Well, the Bible and the church is so much regulations. Folks, that's alright. God's trying to give us a way to live and a way to walk. God's trying to show us the best way to be blessed by Him. God is moving upon us and He's showing us in His Word. Listen, this is the way to go. You want to find blessings. You want to find your children saved by God's amazing grace. Listen, He says, I'm showing you the way. I'm showing you what we must do. You know, and again, you know, every service when I, when I dismiss... I do pray that God's blessings will find His people and every member of this body. I pray that His face will shine upon you in a good way. That His smile will be with you and your family. Folks, I want you to, I want you to be blessed today. I want you not just to be blessed today or last week. I want you to be blessed for the rest of your days till the day that He calls you home or He takes all of us out together in the rapture. That's what I want to see. I want to see God's people blessed beyond measure. You know, in the travels that I do, a lot of times people will talk. And folks, I want you to know something. You've got a special thing going on in this house of God. You need to realize that. And I'm not just saying it because I'm prejudiced for you. Listen, I want you to know something. This is a special place where people love the Word of God. And they love to hear the old time preaching, the old time ways. Listen, they want to know what it is to be blessed and how to be blessed. Folks, I'll tell you what, you don't see that everywhere you go. You don't see it everywhere you go. But listen, we've got to cast out... The the rocks and stones that are blocking the path. Amen? We've got to cast out the rubbish. Nehemiah's day, listen, that's exactly what the workers said. There's too much rubbish. There's too much that lies out in the way. How can we be blessed with all this in our way? You know how you get rid of it? One step at a time. You remove one thing at a time and you keep going until finally the path is opened up and the way is clear. You know, a lot of times maybe, maybe you have felled a tree and, and uh, maybe you're needing some firewood, but boy, you look at that big old tree laying there and you got all that top and you've got all that that needs to be trimmed off and you're thinking, my goodness, this is going to take forever. You know how it gets done? One limb at a time. Just working it down. Passing it out of the way. Before long, you've got the place cleared up. And, and before long, you've got all you need in the way of blessings. Folks, I want you to know that's how it is with the Word of God as well. God shows you everything that you need to get rid of. Does He not? Has the Holy Spirit spoke to you this week? Listen, if you're saved by God's grace, I know that the Spirit of God has spoke to you. Because that's His job. 
And listen, I want you to know that every time that the Word of God had been opened up this week, there's things that touched my heart. There's things that went across my mind. There's things that I know I saw that I need to get rid of. There's stones that have been blocking the way of blessing. Folks, I don't want that for you. I want to see God bless you as a people. I want to see God bless those that are, that are in this house. Listen, secondly, I want you to think about this. Who are the, re- the revived? It's those of a contrite spirit and a humble spirit. Isaiah 57, in the latter part, or in the middle part of, a, of verse 15, there's a word there, a contrite. And the Hebrew is dakah, and it means cursed. It means a, a, an, a, an adjective meaning destruction or a, a crumbled substance, an object crushed to powder or pulverized. That's what a contrite heart is. A contrite spirit is one that is that has truly seen themselves the way God sees them, and all pride is finally vanished away. It's pulverized. You see, that's the one thing that causes trouble in our life, just like it did old Satan. Amen. Satan was built up in pride. Matter of fact, he said it way too many times, did he not? He said it once, and that was too much. I'm going to raise my throne above God's. I am going to rule. I. Folks, a lot of times that's what pride will do to us. And it will keep you from being blessed. It will remove some of the things that God has promised you. Listen, as long as we're faithful, God's promises are true to His people. But you began to walk steeredly away from from the Word of God, you begin to walk away from the blessings of God, you'll find out that, listen, you and your family are going to suffer for it. we got to have a contrite and humble spirit. We've got to pulverize anything that stands in the way of God and His glory. Amen? Listen, church family, I want you to know something today. There are certain things in our lives that need to be done away with if God's going to bless you. And I don't have to tell you what they are, do I? For the Holy Spirit has already revealed it to you. He's already spoke to your heart. He's already, in your mind, has already showed you what you need to take care of. You want to be blessed of God? Listen, follow God's, God's leading. You follow the Spirit of God and follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And listen, you'll find yourself being blessed when you do according to God's Word. Oh, how God's people need this from time to time. Our self-pride, our elusive attempts to whitewash our sin and cover up our pride often causes only more harm to ourselves and others around us. We try... We try to whitewash everything, don't we? We make excuses why we don't do this or why we don't do that. We make excuses uh, 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 to God and try to and try to okay our negligence of God and our negligence of the Word of God and our negligence of spreading the gospel. You see that, as Brother Jeremy said, even this morning. Listen. When God commissioned the church, that's what it was. It was to the church, not just to the preacher. 
You know what? We have, we have this group of individuals uh, among a many, many sovereign grace, and it's sad to hear uh, uh, people that, uh, that, uh, that say the only person that's ever going to be saved is one that has been led to the Lord by a Baptist preacher. No, that's not true, folks. Although that is a, that is a good way to find yourselves in the, in the arms of the Lord. Don't doubt that. I want you to know something you know, I heard this said one time, and I'm not so sure about the validity of it, or or the. Now I won't even say it. I won't even say it. I'm telling you what God's word's powerful, and it doesn't matter who uses it. Listen, God's gospel is powerful. The Bible says that His word is sharper than a two-edged sword, separating even the soul and the spirit. Folks, I want you. You talk about sharp. Now that's that's God's word. You know what? Today, you as an individual, you know who, you know what a preacher is. You know where they come to that point is is there in Romans in chapter ten and and how shall they how shall they hear without a preacher? You know that's where they get this thing that the only people that can lead people to Christ are Baptist preachers. Listen, you know what a preacher is? It's one who expounds the Word of God. Amen. That's what a preacher is. You look it up. You look it up in the Greek, and it'll tell you exactly. A, a preacher is one who lifts up his voice, tells the hope of salvation. That can be you. That can be me. That can be one of you ladies talking to talking to some of your friends. Even listen, understand that. That's the joys of salvation, being able to lead somebody to Jesus. It's a wonderful. It's a wonderful thing to know. You know, when you finally told somebody, when you finally submitted to the, the Holy Spirit's pulling you and tugging at your heart, saying, you need to speak to this one. You know, like Brother Jeremy said, you know, sometimes when you're standing there, maybe you're in a store, maybe you're, maybe you're, maybe you're in a place of, of business where somebody is, is speaking to you. God's got them there for a reason, folks. You know what? One of the best things you can do as soon as you see Him and ask, and as soon as the Lord opens a door for you, you know how you you know how you do this? Do you know the Lord is your Savior? You know, I, I can talk to uh, people that come in, whether they're working. I, I had a man to come into the house the other day, and he was working on the electric lines, and, and he come up to me and asked me, he said, Can I come across your field? I said, Yes, sir. But I got a question to ask you. He said, Yes, sir. I said, Do you know the Lord's your Savior? You know, we began to talk and, and, and began to expound upon the gospel message. You know, that's how it works. Folks, I want you to know something. When God opens the door for you, tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. You want to find yourself having that burden lifted off of your heart? You do what God wants you to do. And listen, you'll be blessed beyond measure. You will be blessed beyond measure. Think about it. We're to crush our pride. We're to crush our hypocrisy knowing that God has already viewed our hearts and our minds even this very day. He knows what is real. He knows what is real. Listen, folks. The Bible states something that I want you to get a hold of in Psalm 139. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. You know what He's done in, even in this house today? You, know, you may be sitting bored to death. You may be sitting here today with, your, with, your, with, uh, 
with your mind somewhere else out, out in the countryside. Maybe, maybe it's out in the back of the hills somewhere. You may be thinking, man, I wish he would just quit. God's already seen our hearts. You know, I have to realize that every day that I wake up. My God's watched everything that I've done. He's seen everything that I've thought. And oftentimes, I have to plead, God, forgive me. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsetting and my uprising, and Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all of my ways, for there is not a word in my tongue that but, Lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it altogether. Verse 11 and 12, the Bible says, If I say, Surely darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light unto me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as a day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. You know, a lot of times we think, well, it ain't going to hurt nobody. It ain't going to hurt nobody. But you know what? God's already seen it, ain't He? God's already viewed it. We might think that we have something hid. We may think that uh, our little sin that nobody else knows about is hid from everybody, but it's not hid from God, folks. You know what? I, I know that oftentimes people look at me. I'm a naive. I'm a naive preacher. I, I'm just as naive as I can be sometimes. But you know what? God knows the hearts of every individual in this house today. Have you been touched this week? Has God's Word spoke to your heart? Can you, or will you say with the psalmist, Search me, O God, and know my heart, and try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting in Psalm 138, right there, the Bible states in verse 6, Though the Lord be, not, be high, yet hath He respect unto the lowly. But the proud He knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, Thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth Thine hands against the wrath of Mine enemies. Thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which is concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hand. You know where you see the word lowly there, and it means to be humble. It means the base of our emotional state this morning should be a spirit which pulverizes our self-pride. It puts others above ourselves. It makes us to be base and lowly. And we lift up friends and family around us. Do you know the Lord that way today? Do you know Him in that, in that side? Listen, I could go to Philippians 2, Galatians 5, and James 3. In all those places you'll see what God expects out of His children. Those that are truly revived. That's how you know you've been revived. Now lastly, I want you to think about this. Why should we strive 
at our reviving? Or why should we strive for it? In Isaiah 57, in our text 16 through 21, God says, For I will not contend forever. Now, this is where I will spend the, uh, the last remainder of our, our time on the radio and broadcast today. He says, I will not contend forever. You know what he's saying? I'm not going to argue about this forever. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, in, in the Hebrew, it means to quarrel. It's, it's a word, it's, it's R-I-B and it's Reb. And it means to quarrel or to plead for. It means to debate with. To pleadeth the cause. You know, God says, I'm not going to debate this. I'm not going to debate this forever. If you want to be blessed, you can, you can have it. If you as a people want to be revived, you can receive it. I'm not going to quarrel about this. I'm going to give you the way, He says. He says, clear out the path. Make the way straight. Get rid of the obstacles that are hindering your revival. Regardless of what you think of this message today, you've got to clear out the way if you're going to be blessed. Because truly, too much rubbish wears you down. A lot of people in our churches today, there might be several in this own house today that have seen way too much rubbish. Folks, I want you to know something. There's only one way to get rid of it. One step at a time. One step forward at a time. And before you know it, it's all cleared out of the way. One act at a time. One pleading for God's help at a time. And you'll see that God says, I will work with you. I will bless you. When I saw the definition of the word contend in the Hebrew, and it told, I will not debate with you forever about this. You know what is right. You know how to be drawn closer to the Lord. You've heard it all your lives. This is a church that's been well taught and well grounded long before I ever got here. You've been taught in the Word of God. Your elders have, been, have, have issued the Word of Life from, from this pulpit and from that podium there. Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday. Now I ask you today, can you not see that the Word is true? The way is there. But how many of us are going to walk out that door Yeah. How many of us are going to walk out that door and say, well, I'm glad that's done. We'll go our week. We'll go, our, or we'll go through our day. I'm glad that's over with. When all along the Lord's... Now here, here's a phrase that preachers are scared to death of. He's knocking at your door. I'm not afraid to say it because I know what the right content is. He's knocking at the door of His children. You go to the book of Song of Solomon. Go there with me for just a moment. Chapter 5. Notice what it says here. The Song of Solomon in chapter 5. Now I want you to think about this because I, this is we're coming down to the, to the close of our service. And I want you to 
I want you to realize here exactly what is being said. The Bible says in Song of Solomon chapter 5, beginning at verse 2, the Bible states this, I sleep. How many in the church today are asleep? Now I'm not just talking literally, I'm talking mentally and spiritually. How many people in the church of God today are asleep? He says, I sleep, but my heart waketh it. That's what revival does. Revival arouses us to such a degree that we're, we're brought out of our sleep. It's the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, you see, that's what the Word of God does for you. Listen, I just said that and chills just run all over me. It's the voice of my beloved. That's whatever message was this week to us. That's what message, that's what the message is. Every time that somebody stands behind this pulpit or behind this podium and brings it forth, it's it's the voice. It's the voice of your love. Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove. My undefiled, for my head is filled with dew and my locks with the drops of the night. I have put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I'm already ready to come in and bless you. Why should I put a stop to that now? I have washed my feet. How shall I defile them? Listen, the Word of God is stating here, listen, he is ready today to be a blessing to His people. Why should He defile all that by going away? My beloved put in His hand by the hole of the door and my bowels were moved for Him. That's what revival does to you. It causes you to be moved for the Lord. It causes you to be, to be at all for Him. I rose up to open them to my beloved. And my hands dropped with myrrh. And my fingers with sweet smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock. Listen, you're right there. You're right on the verge of being blessed. You're right on the verge of being revived beyond any measure that you've ever experienced. But verse 6 is where too many people are today in the church. God is right there ready to bless you. You're right at the edge. Your hands are filled with myrrh and aloe. Your hands are dripping with, the, with what could be the greatest blessings. You're on one side of the door. He's on the other side of the door. But what happens? You've sat on your couch too long. He says in verse 6, I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself. 
Too many today in many churches have waited too late. He says, I'm not going to contend forever. I'm not going to quarrel with you over this. There's one way to be blessed. You want to see your family blessed? There's one way, folks. God's way. You want to see things happen in your family? Listen, do it God's way. Find yourself faithful in the house of God. Do it God's way. Find yourself faithful in the Word of God. Do it God's way. Your hands are filled with with what could be the greatest blessings. Dripping, as it says. But, I open to my beloved, but my beloved hath withdrawn himself. It's too late. You know what? When the candlestick is removed from the church, it's all for naught. You could meet in this house every service. You could have some of the greatest singing you have ever heard in your lives. You could get all emotionally tore up more than you've ever been in your life. But if the Holy Spirit is not in it, it's all for naught because it's not going to last. It's going to go right out that door with you. And it's going to dissipate in the wind. Folks, I want you to know something. Verse 6, all to get a hold of your hearts. I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. And my soul failed when he spake. Listen, when you find out and it's too late, your heart's going to be devastated. My soul failed when He spake. I sought Him, but I could not find Him. I called Him, but He gave me no answer. Folks, in Song of Solomon chapter 3, in verse 1, the Bible says, By night on my bed I sought Him whom my soul loveth. I sought Him, but I found Him not. There's a lot of churches today are meeting. They have sought Him, but He's not there. You know why? Because He didn't contend with them forever. He didn't quarrel about it. He said, this is my way. If you don't want it, I'm gone. And folks, there's too many churches like that today. I don't want that to be Emmanuel. I don't want Emmanuel to end up in a place where God forbid that the candlestick be removed. Folks, I want you to know something. The house of God is a special place for God's people. I'm not just talking about this building, but I'm talking about a place where we come to worship because He says where two or three are gathered in My name, I'm going to be there. But there's coming a time, He says, I'm not going to quarrel about this forever. It's either My way or it's no way. You're either going to, you're either going to do what I want you to do and be blessed, or you're going to do without Me. And you know what? I believe that would be a hard place for a church to find themselves without the Holy Spirit. Without the power of Almighty in your family's lives. Listen, we pray for the safety of our kids, our grandkids. You know, every day, there's not a day goes by that I don't pray for my children and my grandchildren. Not one day. And I don't know how many prayers I offer up through the day praying for my grandkids. 
But what if? God says, I've tried to tell you. I've tried to warn you. Listen, I've tried to expound unto you. This is the way to be blessed. This is the way to see them to be blessed. But you wouldn't have it. You see, when real revival comes, these things come with it. The blessings of God. And that's what I want for this church. You know what? God being my helper. As I look, as I look out over this congregation, I know that there's hope for God's churches. I know there's hope to be revived in heart and spirit before He removes the candlestick. While we have the power of God's Holy Spirit, we can look for our lost loved ones to receive the salvation of their souls. We can receive the healings of our mortal bodies. We can be fed the glorious Word and grow thereby. But are we willing? He will not contend forever. What do you seek for your church life today? What do you seek for your family? Do you care enough? Do you care enough to be moved in the heart? The Lord says, I'm not going to contend forever. I'm not going to argue about this. He says, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bemoan you forever and ever. He says, I've given you the way. Do you want it? Do you want it? Emmanuel Baptist Church, do you want it? You want to be blessed? You want to, you want to see God bless your family? You want to see God bless everything that you do? Listen, I believe God even blesses the material things of our lives. Everything we touch can be blessed. That's how good God is to us. Amen. Folks, I pray, I pray to God that truly revival has come to this body. I wish it would come to every one of us, but I know there's going to be some walk out this door and say, oh well. Listen, don't say oh well. Say, hear my Lord. I want those blessings for my family. I want those blessings for my church family. <clears throat> Oh, may God help us is our prayer. Let's all stand, please.